welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So we're here with Dr. Lynn McGrath. How you doing, Lynn? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks, thanks for being here. So um, you're in Rochester now and, and, and teaching at the Community Music School for Eastman, I think? Yes, that's correct. Eastman Community uh, Music School, uh, part of Eastman uh, for students of all ages. Excellent. And you've been there since 2017, I believe, yeah, right? Four years, yep. Came here Excellent. from Oklahoma City where I was there, I was there in Oklahoma City for less than a year. And then before that, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico for about seven years. Okay, so you, you've been moving around a lot. Where are you from originally? Where are you from originally? I'm originally from upstate New York, and I'm talking about okay. real upstate, not what people say is upstate if you're from New York City. <laughs> I'm from actually um, from Rouses Point, New York, which is north of Plattsburgh, for those who know. Uh, the closest okay. major city is Montreal, <laughs> so it's right on the oh, wow. yeah, right on the border of um, Vermont oh, and Quebec. Uh, you know, I lived like a block away from the Canadian border and oh a block gosh. away from the from the bridge to Vermont. So, wow! And what what is the uh, what's the classical guitar scene like in that part of the world? There is no classical guitar scene <laughs> in that part of the world. <laughs> the classical guitar scene for me was um, an elderly, wonderful uh, lady who gave me guitar lessons for four dollars uh, for a half hour lesson when I was uh, a girl. And, uh, and that wasn't really classical guitar either. <laughs> so it was just guitar lessons. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and so how did, how, did you, how did you get from that to being, you know, Dr. Lynn McGrath, expert of all things classical guitar and <laughs> touring the world and playing awesome concerts everywhere and, and uh, doing that? What, what well, was the, yeah, was the progression it was, there? It was a roundabout, it was a roundabout um, <laughs> trip, that's for sure. So I, I actually have a, um, a degree in Spanish language and literature. Okay, major I knew that, yeah. I had no intention whatsoever of becoming a classical guitarist or a musician. Really? <laughs> Zero. Oh <my> gosh. <laughs> Were you were you pursuing the music degree at the same time? No, I, I completed okay. my degree, and um, what I did is I went to Mexico for a semester, and I bought a cheap guitar, and I hadn't played oh much, you know, since I was eleven or twelve. I was mostly self-taught from from basically right. age eleven on. I was self-taught, except for a little stint. I had a a few months with a classical guitar teacher um, who'd come to my house and got really excited about my potential, but you know, I was busy with school and sports right. and, and, uh, and it was short-lived. Um, but yeah, I, I um, found a, a teacher in Mexico, ended up being a phenomenal teacher who was teaching just for that semester at that university. His oh name's Alfredo gosh. Sanchez. And okay. I know, um, you know, uh, he's pretty well known in Mexico. He's a very accomplished guitarist. And I had no idea. I just knocked on his door and I said, will you give me guitar <laughs> lessons? <laughs> and, uh, and so he said, okay, uh, well, bring your guitar and buy Sagrera's book one. And, and I did know how to read, um, you know, not very well, but pretty well in first position. 
and he made me methodically go through that, that book. And um, but by the end, after eight lessons, he said, you're meant to be a musician. You are, um, you know, come back here. I'll teach you in two years. You'll be able to do wonderful things. And I thought, Amazing. no, I'm finishing my degree in Spanish. Why would I go more into that? Why would I become a musician? But he put that, that seed in my mind that it was possible. I don't think I'd ever really believed that I could do it. And huh. that someone, I didn't feel that someone believed in me and to have someone okay. who was so accomplished say that to me, I think that's, that's all I needed to hear. And so I was studying at SUNY Potsdam, um, which has the Crane okay. School of Music. And, uh, right. and so I walked, I did the same thing. I walked in, I found out who the guitar teacher was, went upstairs, knocked on his door and said, hey, can I be in a guitar ensemble and maybe take some lessons? And he had me play and he said, how would you like to be a guitar major? <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> and wow. that was Doug Rubio at uh, the Crane School. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it all happened. I started taking lessons from um, one of his students and joined Guitar Ensemble Just and just was absolutely addicted, enamored. Amazing. Um, you know, passionate, became cre incredibly passionate about guitar. Uh, had a lot so, of and that's all just in the span of a year, though, right? Yes. From yep. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah, but I did my student teaching, and then that just confirmed that I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> in Spanish. Didn't go great for me. I mean, I was, was very, very good at what I did, but it was um, exhausting, and all I could think about was wanting to play guitar at that point. Right. Know, so. so, yeah. Yeah. So did you did you actually ever work as a Spanish teacher other than your, your, your no, student teaching? No, I never did. I wow. only student taught, and I went directly from from finishing that degree directly uh, into the Crane School of Music for an undergraduate, three years to get my undergraduate because I'd already had all of the general sure. stuff. Oh my! And did you? I mean, did you? Was that kind of like a, a, a crisis of sorts, or was it just like, okay, I don't want to do this, I want to do this, and I'm glad to be doing this now? Well, I, I think, you know, that's a good question. I think, I, I would say no, it wasn't a crisis, but it was a shock to my family. I mean, I had taken on the sure. burden of, 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 you know, most loans, um, and I, my, my father was a very, very practical man, <laughs> and I, you know, tried to emulate him. And he just couldn't understand why I would go further into debt to to get a, a degree in the arts when I when I was offered I was being offered jobs directly at, you know before I even graduated, course, um, I was yeah. being offered jobs and without even applying. So they they were desperate for Spanish teachers. But that's the thing is I I think the way that I work, I I don't think I would have had the courage to jump right in and be a musician right off the bat because I also was very practical and I felt like, and I didn't understand, again, I didn't understand how music degrees worked. I was, I had never been exposed to that. I grew up in such a small village. I didn't know any professional musicians. I didn't understand the process. I was incredibly naive about it. Uh, I didn't really even know that, that you know, SUNY Potsdam had a music school until I got there and started realizing like, <laughs> oh, people actually like go to college for music. And right. uh, I didn't know. And, um, and so I think having the Spanish degree and knowing I had something to fall back on, that I could just go for it. And if nothing worked yeah. out, I knew I could just have a job with a great starting salary whenever I wanted right. to. Um, huh. And so it gave me that freedom. It gave me a, a safety net and, yeah, you know, that I otherwise, I, I don't yeah. think I've done it. That's, that's really interesting, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because you, you mentioned like the, the whole not knowing that you could, you could study music in college and, and get a degree in that, you know, and, and I remember I was 15 when I learned that and, and I was just like, wow, that's amazing. I don't have to go to engineering school. Great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was a real, really similar thing. And I think the other thing 
that that sounds really interesting about what you said was was that uh, so often you know we, young musicians are told, hey, make sure you you know you do something more practical so you have something to fall back on, you know. And I always thought, well, it was, there were two things. First of all, you know, my mom would say that to me, and I thought. Oh yeah, I'll get a philosophy degree. Oh wait, that's not so great, you know, like <laughs> or something like that, you know, or art history or something, you know, like something completely not practical at all. Like, you know, and it turned out that you know music was was the most practical of the, of the choices that I was interested in. So, um, but I always I always had this idea that if I if I if I gave myself something to fall back on, I probably would take it. You know, I, I probably would. When when things got tough, or when when I felt like oh this is this is difficult, um, you know I, was, I always thought you know if if, if I give my, myself one leg to stand on, I'm going to figure out how to stand on that leg, you know somehow, and uh, you know it's 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 interesting because what you said about having that freedom, you know because you did have that that other leg to stand on if you needed to, but it was a different stage in your life. Yes. You know, and I think that, that's, that's, that's a really, that's an interesting thing. And I think, I think that could be very liberating as well. Yeah, you know, it, you're like, hey, you know, I, I've, I'm just going to do this and then I'm, I can do it, right? Well, you know, that, well yeah, really I can cool. see it going, it really depends on your personality type. And yeah, sure. where you are yeah. in your life can have an impact on that for sure. But, um, but I know, I, I absolutely can see what, what you're saying. Like, where some people having that thing, when, when the going gets tough, you just, <laughs> you'd be like, okay, well, ah. <laughs> you yeah. know, well, I used, okay. I used to tell, tell my, young, my, uh, my young college students, you know, I said, you, gotta be, you have to think about what you're doing here, and, and you have, you basically, you have to, it's tough, so you have to do, be doing this because you can't think of doing anything else. Yes, you know, I've heard that. So said, dedicated yeah, to yeah, it, yeah, I think that's because it's too hard. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a ridiculous thing to try to do. You know, <laughs> it's a great thing. It's fantastic. I, I actually you know? go against it because I think I feel like I've said exactly that. By the way, I have yeah. I admit I've said that, and I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. But I could say I could do so many different things than than yeah. just be a guitarist. I mean, I love being a guitarist, but. Here's the thing. Being a guitarist isn't just being a guitarist. And that's right. the thing that you don't realize when you're first starting out. You don't, it's really hard to understand Absolutely. how wide being a musician really is and how many, like, I didn't know I'd be a business person. I didn't know right. I'd be a, a, a music manager. I didn't right. know I'd be starting a company. I didn't know like I'd be design. teaching little kids <laughs> adults or, you know, it, you, you don't know it's too hard because you're just trying to get good at that instrument. You're just trying to, right. <laughs> let me, can I just get my scales faster? Can I just play that without buzzing? Can I just, you know, make that phrase smooth? Um, right. There's not much room for those other things. And I know as a teacher, sometimes I, I, I start to push that a little bit, especially with my really good high school students. I'll be like, you know, you need to think wider. You need to think bigger. But then I, I yeah. have to take a step back and say, oh, I was there. And, you know, right. or there, sometimes you just need to spend the time just honing that craft and trusting sure. that and hoping that you know that they'll see the, the sure. wider the wider um, opportunities and right. uh, yeah. no I, I yeah I absolutely get that you know and it's it's interesting because you know you mentioned all, all of the other things that you have to do and I think you know all of the things that I know now or know how to do now that I, I had no interest in at all but I had to do them to you know have some sort of some sort of career build and uh, you know, and, and I'm always surprised, like, 
you know, playing the guitar is the is the smallest part of the whole <laughs> picture, right? You know, I was like, and I always I always think that uh, one of my teachers, I can't remember when it was said to me, but boy, I heard it then, and I'm really glad that I did. You know, I was told basically, you you need to practice as much as you possibly can now. Because when you get out of school, you, you have no idea how busy you're going to be, and you're not going to have the luxury of all this time to practice. You yes. Know? And I really, I really took that to heart, and, and I'm glad I did because it's, you know, it's absolutely true. I, I look at my life now, and it's like, I think if I can get an hour a day in, in the practice room, wow, that's, that's great, you know. <laughs> and I think because, because I had all that time when I was in school, then I, I you know, I'm able to get things done in, in the short short amount of time that I do have available to me. So, yeah, it's 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 a thing for real. And and I you know I I I'm I'm an older person now. Um, and I was I was in college in the '80s um, for my undergraduate. And and I don't remember people talking about the business part of of things mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Like it was just. I don't know whether you know we were supposed to pretend it wasn't there. I didn't know. I was completely ignorant about how <laughs> anything worked. You know, I just like you said, I just wanted to work on playing the instrument. Um, but do you think that's something that's, that that has changed nowadays? That, that I think it's starting to change, but I think it it's, it stems from a from a, a pretty deep set problem. At least if we're just let's just let's just talk about the classical guitar world yeah. because it's just a little easier. Um, but I'd say that within that world, what we've had is we've had the model of students getting recruited or going into into college programs, looking to be like their teachers. They're looking for the right. same experience, you know, that their teachers have had. They're looking for a full time tenure track position at a college, and as you and I know, and as probably <laughs> your listeners know, yeah. those those two types of jobs are so. I mean, it it really competitive. That it's yeah. more competitive than pretty much any field I can imagine. And there are what two to three openings for tenure track, and sometimes you don't even hear about them uh, because of the way things work. And so, so I think what happened is you're, you're getting this model of someone who is in a comfortable situation, who's getting paid a decent salary. Well, decent salary can be, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's steady job with health insurance. And here they are as this model giving you this, all this wonderful advice on how to play and how to be a good guitarist. But, but very few of them have been through, or at least there's a, there's, there's a demographic of very few of them that have been really in that situation where they had to work it, where they didn't have that kind of situation. So now the, the world has changed in that there are many of us in our generation um, and the generation, you know, younger folks as well, who are piecing together four or five jobs that are being those different people. And now they are serving in part as models, but still they're taking these, these students, they're doing a great job teaching too, and now they're gifting these wonderful, already amazing, high-level <laughs> students to, to these teachers um, at these colleges. Not that, you know, they're, they're, those teachers at the colleges aren't going to offer a lot as well. Sure. But, um, but yeah, it is changing because it's, it's just, there's, you know, it certainly serves this, uh, a college professor, a, a guitar teacher, to have their students out in the world doing well. Course, and so if you're a smart teacher, even if you're comfortable and like, uh, you know that those opportunities are, are going to be tough for your students. So hopefully you have the ability and the desire and um, the wherewithal to, 
to, um, to open your students' minds and to try to push them toward those other areas. But it's not always easy. You know, some students really come in with, uh, I am going to be, yeah, oh, I'm going to have the career of Jason View, you know, because that's the person that they're fixating on. I'm just going to do that. And it's really hard sometimes to take an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old and, and con convince them without demoralizing them. Some, like, sometimes they'll right. think, oh, you don't believe in me. You don't think I can be that good. And, and I have to say, no, no, no. I, I can already tell that's, you there are a it. lot of people that good. That's the problem. There are so many amazing, beautiful um, players out there who, who are virtuosic, who are talented, who have something to say. Um, right. But there isn't one path to getting a chance to make a living doing it. You really, you, right. there isn't any more. There used to be, and there isn't. Now you have to right. think outside of the box. You have to think wider. You have to t wear a lot more hats. Not, not, and not to diminish what other folks have done in the past, because some have had to really. I mean, I know, you know, um, I know some amazing artists who who would like hand write letters and type out resumes and send their press kits and you know spend their last cent, you know, printing out their photos and mailing them to all these guitar societies back in the day. Are people still funny. doing that? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds that sounds very familiar, and I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. You know? Yeah, and and yeah. so it's not that everyone had it easy in the past. I don't mean that right. at all. I really don't. I just mean that um, the world is changing, and the competition is much much greater, and um, and I think that that's a challenge. It seems to me it's like I blinked, and suddenly there are so many high level players in the in the world now. Like it, it it's very strange. You know, like in in you know, it, it didn't seem like a gradual change to me. It seemed like there was just this explosion in the past, I don't know, maybe, maybe decade or so. You know, the, yeah. the, the scene has really changed. And young people, and seeing young people playing at a level that is higher than most professionals that I knew when I was younger, you know. And, oh, and yes, it's, yes. It's amazing. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I... Sorry, I didn't Sorry. interrupt. I, I, I don't know if you know that I, I run the uh, international youth competition for the GFA. That's right. So I've done that yes. for many years. And, um, and, and so to see the difference from, from that. And then before that, I was Jeff Kogan's assistant for the international uh, concert artist competition. I would okay. fit in for, for every single performance. I was a timer. And I would help wow. him out, and I did that for many years at the at the GFA. So I would hear all oh, of that. Wow. You've heard everybody. The first yeah. rounds and the difference now from not, again, not that they sure. weren't exceptional guitarists back then. It's just now. Um, I mean, there were times where people would show up with uh, with an amplifier to the GFA. Oh no. Yeah, and plug no. in. Mm -hmm. That actually oh, happened. Yes. <laughs> No, wait, how far back? When? What, what, what year? Are you that was talking uh, about that was probably I'd say fifteen years ago, um, about fifteen years ago. Not recently. And I don't think oh that would gosh. that would happen now, but um, it's just you know things, reputation. You know now you get right. people people who apply, they know what they're getting into. People who decide right. to to take part, um, and now the same things happen with the youth competition where there are. Just, yeah, it's just absolutely... I, I was blown away. I watched a bunch of them last year um, on, online, and I was, I, I, I was absolutely blown away. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing. And I, I, I look at it and I say, oh, I guess, I guess we teachers are doing a good job because, you know, the, the, the pedagogy has gotten to the level where that's happening, and that's great, you know. Um, and I'm also, I'm also super excited to see what's happening with... Um, Guitar and secondary education, um, mm -hmm. you know that that's that's something. It is you know 
again, being the age that I, I am, and I was, I was a serious young classical guitarist in my teens, and I had no outlet, you know, other than taking, taking lessons and getting into whatever I could, um, could find. But, and I think now, wow, if I had the opportunity to play in ensembles and schools and, and, and that kind of thing, I mean, wow, you know, that was, that's, that's, I'm really happy to see that change. Um, and you, you were, you were involved in, um, Oklahoma City. You, did you, did you take that over after Matt? No, um, so Matt, Matt invited me to, um, to the program. So he was looking to expand. Oh, okay. And so, so he invited me. Okay. I waited a year, um, to try to, you know, recruit some students, some students who knew I was okay. maybe going over there. And, um, cause the idea is I, I gave up, um, you know, really, I was pretty well established in Albuquerque, and I loved it. I had uh, what a, what a I worked a lot of different, um, you know, I had my own private studio out of my house. I had, uh, I worked for a middle school for several years. I also taught at the oh, community wow. college and took six years, but I got guitar, finally got guitar on the curriculum for uh, Central New Mexico Community College. And so I was, you know, I was doing well. I loved it. And um but I missed higher ed. And um, right. so Matt had approached me and said, hey, I think you'd be great for this. I want to build. I want, you know, the program's expanding. Are you interested? And I said, yes. So I, I took off and and gave it a try for a year. And, and it was, you know, it was awesome. I had amazing students and students that, that, that I'd planned on teaching when I got there. And, um, and it was just fabulous. I was teaching some exceptional high school students at uh, <laughs> out of Albuquerque too, though. So okay. it was like, okay, I, I realized that, you know, I really did have it great in Albuquerque. Um, and, um, and I think it was that deep, you know, in the back of my mind, I thought I still had that dream of becoming a secondary, uh, you know, a higher ed, higher ed guitar teacher. I still had that idea in my mind, that, that freedom of the schedule. I still wanted to be right. like my teachers. I wanted to have that life. And, and was that a full-time gig? Uh, not even close. No, it was. Okay. Not, not, <laughs> no, and that was the thing is that it was a, it was a huge pay cut for me. And, and, and it was tenuous because here you are, you're pushing to recruit, recruit, recruit. I mean, I went out on a few trips and, and I'll tell you, it's, it, it put me in a very awkward situation and that I do not think a lot of students are really suited to be studying classical guitar at the collegiate level and spending a lot of money to do that. You know, I'm just being honest. And no, I think I think there I think there's a, there's an ethical issue with that. You know, how how strongly do we want to encourage young people to to do that with the situation being what it is? And then I always thought there's this idea too. It's like, you know, every generation that goes by, you know, there's certainly some attrition, but if this teacher has to maintain a studio of 10 students to keep his position viable, then he's got to create that. Yes. You know, and then they go out in the world and they get their jobs and they have to create, you know, so there's this pyramid, this ever like expanding pyramid of people running around with guitar degrees looking for jobs. Um, exactly. And, you know, and it's not that people shouldn't do that, but I think there's an ethical line there that, that you know, when you're talking to a young person about their future and, and I mean, it, in effect, a, a, a guitar professor is kind of like a career counselor, and mm -hmm. you know those those things have to come up, or they should come up. And, and I, it's I, I always found it difficult to be not honest, but to be to really get it across to to them, you know. And, and 
it, it, I remember somebody I talked to recently. They 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 use the analogy of you know there's not a job fair you know <laughs> for for music majors you know it's not just a guitar thing but it is it's not like you know the you know they, they make campus visits to to recruit right you know, right so it's it's you know that, that old self directed thing but yeah did you um were, the reason I brought Oklahoma up was because as, as far as I know and I think Matt was really in, involved in this too they they have a they have a huge thing going on with like statewide um, secondary education guitar and, and yeah I mean it, it all depends on your perspective I, I would say um, New Mexico has a huge thing going on New Mexico is the first yes. state to have all state and um, okay. and I'm still a part of that community I'm still a part of oh, really? New Mexico oh, fantastic. I, I, I love the love that community. were you involved in, in setting that up um, uh, well no I wasn't I got there and it okay. just they just had their preliminary year when I got there I think it had, they just they had their first year of the official okay. um, the year that I got there so I reaped the wonderful benefits of, of, of having it as a part of our community and then uh, got involved with Guitar New Mexico as the artistic director and have been oh, a part even though I even when I moved I, I've maintained my you know board membership and and been involved because I just love that community. I think it's such a strong yeah. community. And then Virginia, of course, Loudoun County, and right. Florida. Mm -hmm. So I'd say Oklahoma City is, is it's making progress. And, and there are some okay. really, uh, really wonderful teachers in Oklahoma City. I got to work, I got to conduct an honors group when I was there. And they did a, okay. they did a phenomenal job, you know. So it's, it's, it's true that there, there are good things cooking in, in, that, in that state as well. Um, it's happening in a lot of other places. I'm not, I don't have my, my finger on the, uh, you know, pulse now of, of what's right. going on in, in um, higher ed as much as I used to. Um, I, I haven't needed to <laughs> because I'm not recruiting anymore. <laughs> so, sure, sure. so um, but, but I know that this was a wave. It's a wave and it's a wonderful wave. Yeah. And um, I think it offers a lot of good things. But I do think it's, it can be problematic. I do think that, you know, just coming back to what you said, not to be all doom and gloom, but, um, <laughs> but it's true that, you know, if you, it's not about just having numbers, 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 or, right. and, and I think the, the important thing is to not, not, yeah, um, present this idea that anyone who shows a little extra talent or works a little bit harder of a certain level, that they're going to have these, these brilliant performance careers. That being said, there's a, I do believe that, that music education at the undergraduate level is phenomenal for the mind. It's phenomenal for the heart. Absolutely. It's phenomenal for the human spirit. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And many of my students who have gone on to have gone on to other things without regrets. However, the people who, there are many people, and I know you know a lot of these people, who are bitter <laughs> as all heck because they felt they earned, they felt like I went right. through that program and now I'm $100,000 in debt and what do I do? How do I start a family? How am I ever going to buy a house? How am I going to get out from right. under this? They feel like they were lied to, some of them. Some of them feel like they were manipulated. Um, I don't know that they were lied to or manipulated, but I know I feel for them. I have compassion for people in that situation. Sure. So sure. one of the things I've tried to do, and you know, by doing little presentations here and there on career development, is just to try to say, like, you know, we, we, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, and you can't just tell yourself over and over again, the only thing that makes me happy is playing concerts in front of a huge audience. Because right. there's well, so you're many be, things. You're going to be really unhappy. Really <laughs> unhappy. And, and you're cutting yourself off because there's so many yeah. beautiful things to do in this world and to find right. joy from as a musician, as a teacher, if you're open to that. And, and you have to just right. have that open mind. 
So many students have said, I'll never teach. I just suck at teaching. I'm never going to want to be a teacher. I'm like, do you don't wow. you realize how rewarding teaching can be? Sure, it's hard work. But once you develop your skills, once you learn about it, it can be one of the most rewarding things that you could imagine, yeah. better than playing. I have a, a student play a brilliant concert, I, I, you know, or even a little kid or an adult who gets yeah. over their performance anxiety. I truly feel the same kind of endorphin release as I do when I play a really, really nice <laughs> concert. Absolutely. You know, our game standing ovation. Yeah. It's, it's a little different, and, and I'm... You know, you have to be a little, I guess, a little more humble. You're letting that person take take that. You're putting them in the spotlight, and, and you don't need to announce it. Like, because right. you're, you're not in the spotlight. They are, but it feels so good. And yeah, so, I agree um, 100%. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's just one thing. There's many more things, as you know, you know. Right. I, th I think it's, it, for me, it was really interesting to have the realization um and it was it was just a shift in my attitude. It was not it wasn't anything. Um, nothing changed in my professional life. It was just a shift in the way that I looked at it. And I've since I've been out of school, I've I've always made the bulk of my living teaching adult amateurs, like really dedicated, amazing people, like unbelievable people. And and some of them play really well, and some of them don't. And some of them will never play really well, and some of them will get better. And it's just it's the it runs the whole gamut. But my God, their, their dedication to it and their love for it is just, it's fantastic. And, and I get to deal with that every single day and it's, <laughs> it's, it's kept me young. I mean, it's like I, I, really, I really love that part of it, but I used to think, you know, I'm a, I'm a college professor that teaches music on the side, you know, it, privately. And, and that, I found that to be a very frustrating <laughs> point of view. And yeah, I don't, I don't even remember when it happened or how conscious it was, but I, I, I flipped it and I started telling people, I, I, I'm a private guitar teacher, but I also have these part-time college teaching jobs. That is, you know. that is awesome. That is awesome. And it made all the difference just in, in, in terms of my attitude. And, you know, you mentioned the bitterness and <laughs> it really helped with that. And, you know, cause, and, but it's, the, you know, the bigger issue, and you brought this a couple up a couple times as well, is this idea that, you know, we're all responsible for finding our own paths or finding our own careers or, you know, making things happen that way. And, and you know, the, the, I think the, the friction comes when, you know, you don't have a very clear idea, you know, the, the, this idea of like, I didn't know it was going to be like this, you know, <laughs> or like you, your expectations versus the reality kind of thing. And, and I think, you know, it, I know that I, that was a, that was something that I needed to tweak and adjust, and, and I think that's probably probably a good good thing for everybody to keep in mind, you know. Um, but it's 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 I'm still I mean my head is still swimming about just how different things are now than they were, mm. you know, 20 years ago, and, mm. and you know the, the the things that I've had to learn and and, and to tell young people, and, and and you know, and I I certainly don't have it all figured out, but it's uh, you know it's an interesting thing to to kind of try to help those folks and give them a, you know, perspective of, of what it's like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that is when, you know, I know for a lot of guitarists coming out of degree programs, you really are desperate. There's a desperation. Right. And there is, <laughs> you know, I, I came, it's terrifying. <laughs> I, I came out of, uh, you know, with those, all those degrees, despite working, always working. I always had a job. I was at sometimes multiple jobs. I was always, I was gigging in LA as much as I could to help pay my rent. 
um, teaching a lot of guitar. I taught even electric guitar. I taught Green Day tunes. Wow. <laughs> I did like I I did I did a lot, and uh, you know, and I had a TA ship for my my doctoral degree. I had a really hefty scholarship for my master's degree. Yeah, I came out um, of school with close to a hundred thousand dollars in, you know, right. in debt, and mm-hmm. um, and just realizing like I have to do this to pay my loans. I have to. There was this is just incredible um, drive. Every day I woke up, I have to find a way to make more money. I have to find a way to. So I didn't because I, I knew I'm, I'm pretty good with numbers, and uh, I didn't like math class, but I'm really good when it comes to finances. And I was looking at the interest rate, and I was trying to calculate like if I pay this much, I'm going to end up paying what that much? Yeah. No, I refuse. Yeah. It's, it's I, absurd. Oh yeah, and so I worked my butt off. I, I took on any job I could find. I you know I I was working outrageous hours. I was. I learned so much in the process, though, of course, it's, you know, it was, it was really, really tough. Now I say all that. And I think, I think there's some people who won't do that, who who won't like, like, wait a second. Okay. I'm done. Here's my resume. Hire me. Or why aren't I getting concerts? And for people who, who come out of a degree program, who've asked me like, how do I get professional management? Because you know, I want professional management. I said, everyone wants professional management. You, does, does, does anybody get that anymore? Does that even happen? <laughs> and, and, and even if you do, you can say you have professional management, but some of that professional management just means that they're putting you on a roster that, and they're doing right. a little work to put you out there. And then they're taking, you know, 15 to 20% of your, mm-hmm. of, and you have to do gigs you might not want. To Which do. means you have to be getting something that it's worthy for them to take 15, 20% of for their, their, in terms of the work that they're doing for you, you know, that, that, I think that's, I've, I've known, uh, uh, myself included, uh, but a lot of people that are kind of in that no man's land of like, I'm doing pretty well, but I'm not doing well enough to be able to give somebody 20% and have it be worth their while, you know, um, so it's, you know, the reality of that, yeah, sure, wouldn't we, wouldn't we love to have somebody just say, hey, I've got all these concerts for you, go do them, <laughs> but in, that's that's not my reality. It's never been my reality. No, so. it's it's just um, not how it works. And that people can come out of programs, out of master's programs, doctoral programs, yeah. and think that's how it works. That's the, there's a yeah. disconnect there. There definitely is. And and I think again, not that someone can't do that, but the the it, it's so rare. It's so incredibly rare. And yeah. um and there are factors beyond just being a good player, as you know. It's like it's like, it's, it's like acting. <laughs> the very best actors in the world are not the most famous necessarily. Right. <laughs> the very the, the very the, you know the greatest musicians are not necessarily the most famous right. even in the guitar world, or they get paid the most, right. or you know. I mean, we all know that. And, and right, I think of all the all the amazing players that I've heard who, for one reason or another, will just never have a career. You know, and it's not because of their playing; it's, it's all the other stuff. You know. No. And I think one of the disadvantages, and um, you know, we've been talking about how kids these so many kids have started so young now. You know, especially I think it's easiest to see in the U.S. because in the past there just was no education at a younger age. Very, very, very few people had access to the teacher. Like you know, Chris Parkinson studied a bit with with you know, Pepe for a while. You have all these interesting, you know, um, people who did start a bit early. And had good instruction, kind of that are you know a little bit older than us. Um, right. 
um, around our age. But really now, so many are playing so well and they are teaching these these young kids. I've taught you know kids as, as young as four and five that, yeah, we're monsters by 12 or 13. I didn't expect necessarily, but I guess you just give them the instruction and if they're practicing regularly and developing good habits, it's kind of inevitable. But there's a problem with that. And that is that they've been just going along following the plan and mm-hmm. it doesn't, it does, it's almost like they're, they're, they haven't had to fight. They haven't had to do those right. things. They, they don't even know how good they are. Some of them, like they're just, some of them definitely, definitely do. But, <laughs> but, but the point is, it's like, if, you know, I know for me having started guitar later in, in, in any kind of right. seriousness, I had to fight so hard to, I right. mean, it just felt like I was always behind and working so, so hard. And I know there are other people in my situation. I've, I have heard that from a lot of people actually. And I, and it's, it's, I, I think I, I, I'm really, I, I admire that. Like, I think it's, it's, it's great. And I, and I, I always, I also, it makes me feel like what, what was I doing with all that time? I started playing. I started playing when I was six, and I, I started classical when I was ten, and you know. And then I see people who you know pick it up when they're fifteen or sixteen, and wow, and they get good so fast. And I think, wow, I just wasted a whole bunch of time. No, you know? no, no, you were living, and, and, and that's the other yeah. thing is that it's know, it's again, it's a different different path. It right? is, you know? it is, and and I think. I think what, what I worry about is I do see a lot of uh, the incredible facility, the incredible ability, and, and yet, mm-hmm. you know, there's something about art that, that needs to have struggle. There's something about, you know, the, the lessons that you learn through really struggling, not through just I practice two hours a day exactly the way my teacher told me or I do this. It's not, I'm not saying they're not working. It's a different type of work when it's become such a habit and, it's, and, it's, and it started so young. And, um, and so what I've noticed is a lot of these students, when the going gets really tough, a lot of them quit. A lot of them just right. go like, oh, wait, now I've hit the wall. You know, I, I, right. you know, I played all this hard repertoire or now I get a really tough teacher who's really kicking mm-hmm. my butt mm-hmm. or criticizing sure. me and I don't take it very well. And so it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, you know, um, yeah, and it's still, it's still wonderful. I mean, the, the advantages yeah. far outweigh the disadvantages and having that, building that facility at a young age and having that virtuosity. But fundamentally, you can have all the skills, you know, you know, these amazing skills, but you have to have something to say and you have to care. You have to have, like, right. I, I've heard these players, they play so well and they don't even know anything about the composers or the era or they know nothing <laughs> about music theory. They really are just copying a plan. Some yeah. are, yeah. They're, they're these, and you wonder what's going to happen when they have to give a master class? What's going to happen right. when they have to actually teach someone else? And, and I'm, I'm sure that we've, some of us have already seen what happens, you know, some really aren't equipped for those kind of situations or, right. or, or have no patience for, for a student who can't, who hasn't had that ease. Well, just do it. You just right. do this. Why, why not? Okay. You know, because I've been doing it since I was three. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, you're describing so many masterclasses that I sat in on. You just do it. Yes, yeah, we can like, spend an hour on the first measure of a piece. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, all right. For that masterclass, I guess if you're trying to prove a point. But yeah. no, that's not realistic. Um, and so, yeah, that, you almost don't have you know, lack of empathy for, for other students' positions. So, so in a way, I guess what I'm getting at is I feel lucky that I came to it late in a lot of ways. Right. I felt like I, sure. had to, I had to really, really sweat it out, and I had to 
feel terrible about my playing for a really long time <laughs> until I started feeling better about it. And, and I think that taught me a lot. It helps me identify with my students who, and especially adult students whose sure. awareness is far higher than their ability usually. That's the mm -hmm. challenge of an adult student is that they can usually hear when something's good or bad, you know, not, you know, not necessarily whether something's legato or whether something is, right. whether there's good balance, those are things they have to hone. But, um, but generally speaking, they have a sense of what's good and, and sometimes right. they're just very far from that. So it's just this constant, you know, battle, mm -hmm. but it, it's also a, a wonderful journey. If you, you know, instead right. of looking at it as a, a battle, looking at it as a journey with bumps and or along the way. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah and I, I feel like that, that I feel lucky to have been through that, to, to have fought, yeah. fought for it, to have felt like this sure. has been something that I am so lucky to have. Um, yeah now well you have a you have a self-awareness about it that you know is i think um a result of of, of that approach you know that where where you came to it and how you came to it was very conscious and very intentional you know um so it, i think and, and you're, you're you're probably a highly self-aware person in general and, and i think that's an asset that you know you were able to bring to bear on that and i think it's that's a Probably, probably loaded it with a whole bunch of humanity, you know, <laughs> which I think is, you know, that's what I'm hearing you say over the, over the past few minutes is just, you know, this, this, uh, this idea of that there's, there's got to be some humanity in it and there has to be some art in it. And I remember when I first started teaching, it was really important to me and, and I, I gave up on it. Honestly, I just, I finally, I, I talked about it till I was blue in the face and then I finally just said, you know what? Screw it! They're not listening. I, I, I'm just wasting my breath. But I used to I used to talk a lot to to students about you know going to an art museum or reading poetry or learning about literature. You know, if you don't understand art, how are you going to understand art music? You know, and and something as simple as do you listen to classical music? You know, not not classical guitarists, but do you listen to classical music? You know, yes. <laughs> and it and it always shocked me. Like people who say, you know, I I'm a pre-professional classical musician, and but you don't listen to classical music. That's really strange. I, yeah. <laughs> so it's but it's that's that's kind of what I was as you were, as you were discussing that. That's kind of what I was hearing was was you know this this there's there's got to be that thread. There's got to be that that. That artistry and and or not not really artistry but like sense of sense of art and yeah and, oh I hear you saying yeah yeah an and awareness challenging situations bring that as well yes you know? I mean, it, it, it's, if, if if you want to learn how to be human you know <laughs> there, there, some suffering is is in there you know it's it's part of the picture absolutely. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, or terror or fighting or you know all of these things that we think of as negative they actually you know they they. Uh, they cut channels in us that, that are filled by beautiful things. Yes, you know? I agree. I'm all about, you know, adversity is a beautiful thing. Dealing with adversity and growing from it and, and, and taking on those challenges, I think I know that it's made me a better musician. And I know that that's that's why when I'm you know playing through Bach at half tempo I can you know get teary eyed sometimes, and sure. I feel I feel bad for those who can't who for those right. who who aren't you know savoring and who are just training their fingers to do everything the way mm -hmm. that they're supposed to or they think they're supposed to and 
you know, trying to not have a single buzz and trying to do X, Y, and Z and have the, the secret formula for winning that next competition. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it, it's tough. I mean, I've judged, I've judged a, a real fair number of competitions and, and it's, do you enjoy that? I, I've had miserable, talk about adversity, I've had miserable <laughs> experiences judging competitions and I've had glorious experiences. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's like, um, you know, I've had a lot of discussions with colleagues about competitions and here I am, I, you know, I run, you know, the, the IYC. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I've had students, you know, I've had uh, one of my students placed in the, in the GFA for the, the IYC years ago. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, (laughs) it takes a community. You know, she had a a teacher long before me as a young, you know, young person. I taught her for only about four years, but she's very talented, wonderful, wonderful musician um, who's not playing. I don't she's playing guitar for fun these days. Uh, um, She just was a a brilliant guitarist. But anyhow, it's like I've encouraged many of my students to participate in competitions. And I have colleagues that say, no, I refuse. I will not participate. And the way I look at it again is, is as long as you go into it with, with the idea sure. of what, what can be gained and what is right. the attitude that you're, that you're entering this with. So for my students, it helps them just refine their playing a little bit more. It helps them right. care more about being a little more careful. I already know I teach musicianship and I have them go. I will try them to get them to really connect to their phrasing. And um, so the competition helps them hone and, and clean things up a little sure. bit more. And they do practice more and, and they meet people. They meet other people doing yeah. what they do. They, yep. they learn about other guitarists. They see concerts. Uh, and and I, have a, um, I have all of them ask the judges. I said, if you can contact, go up to them and just say, hey, if you remember how I played, if you had three things to suggest to me, what would you suggest? And I said, right. and don't disagree. Just listen, right. nod your head. Really try to hold what they have in, in your mind and talk to me about it, and we'll talk about it. So, yeah. um, so, so that's very healthy. That's really great. Yeah, that's and a, so great I feel like my, my students have not ever regretted doing competitions. I hated doing competitions. I only did yeah, five. Right. I, I lucked out, and I that not for no, me. it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. But I, I say that, and and I I only like I I think I I only placed in one. Uh, and it was like a tie for fourth place and out of the five that I did, but I got multiple, um, concerts out of the, out of, oh, wow. so I had judges who Very said, cool. I love the way you play. Yeah. You didn't advance, but I want you to come play at my festival next year, or I want you, oh, you know, cool. and, and so I felt like, wow, it ended up being very positive experience sure. for me. And I met some of my dearest friends through doing competitions yeah. who I really connected with over the years mm-hmm. and have, you know. Um, stayed in touch with for many years. So they're, they're huge advantages. But coming back to judging, um, <laughs> and I've seen judges, I've been in the room, you know, by running a competition, I've got these these different sets of judges and yeah. I hear the way that they discuss. Yeah. I see how they think. I have seen how how um, so many of my <laughs> colleagues think uh, Did you have to sign any confidentiality I will not name names. Um, I will say that I've worked with amazing people, but very different people with different aesthetics. Yeah. And that's the bottom right. line is that so much of judging comes down to that there are things that are more easily measurable. You know, right. accuracy is more easily me- measurable. Sure. Uh, difficulty of repertoire is more easily measurable. But there are so many things that are not as easily measurable, and so many. And what I've found is many people they just gravitate toward that aesthetic that that really moves them. So so I I am big on 
you know, I feel like I'm big on a lot of things, but I'm really tone, you know, like, you know, control right. over tone. Um, and then the fundamentals, like good balance, good dissonance resolution, good phrasing, legato playing, and, um, and not, you know, virtuosity um, just for the sake of virtuosity. Oh, right. you've got I'm a puppy dog. <laughs> so, so I feel that, um, I feel like I took judging, I've always taken it very seriously and I take copious notes and I have a whole system where I'm basically listening for generally the cleanness of the playing, the level of repertoire, but also the musicianship and whether it's, it's, whether it's a convicted performance that's well thought out, well phrased and, and, and appropriate for the, the period. So it's like, you know, I, there are people who just, just play all music. Like it's, you know, um, mechanical yeah yeah yes where you know that they practiced a lot with the metronome they're very you know and then other people that go way over the top with just you know and and but sometimes they really are have the best command of the instrument they just have maybe an aesthetic that i don't necessarily agree with but it still is i have to weigh that and that just because i don't like it is it really wrong if they do all these other things right right? so you know one of the one of the things that i've talked to some people about that i've i've also thought really interesting and i've heard I, again, I don't want to. I don't want to get into names or, mm-hmm. or any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But I've heard people play in competition, and then heard them play in concert, and been surprised. Like you know, wow, why? I didn't think I liked your playing, but then I heard you play in concert, and it was wonderful. And and I've heard from a number of people that that yeah, they consciously play differently when, <laughs> for for competition yeah. because they know that there's their there's a system through which, you know, not, not, it's not guaranteed, but you're more likely to advance if you play in that way, because again, you know, like you said, things are more easily, yeah. easy, easily measurable. Yeah. And I, I just, I thought, I, you know, I never thought of that. I, that was never a strategy. I never thought. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll, wait, I, I, can, I can do that. You know, <laughs> I just never, I'm not that complicated, you know. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd say that's a dangerous strategy um, in some ways, because you really, it's going to depend on the judges. So, right. right, it is more easily measurable if you're going to really go for it. What I've noticed is people in the first round play much more carefully. And then second round is when they go for yeah. it. So usually the dif- there is a slight huh. difference between first round, second round, or second round and final round. So there is a right. slightly more, um, but also a lot of times the final round is in a hall. So sometimes people sound, of honestly, they sound terrible. Sometimes their tone <laughs> just sucks in a small room. <laughs> And it's it's it just has to do with how the how the how the guitar speaks. It has to do with the acoustics of the room. It has to do a little bit with their stage presence. But you put them in a hall, and like someone who doesn't play very legato, they will sound in a good hall, gorgeous. I mean, it just changes the way they sound. Someone who plants everything will not even sound. It'll just sound clean and wonderful and beautiful in the right hall. So part of it is that, you know, I think that's part of it is that you hear them in a concert, they're playing in a better hall, they're playing, then they're just letting loose a little bit more. Um, some are just very nervous in, in, a, in a competition. <laughs> but, but I think generally, I think the problem is it's like, it's not like, I mean, I think about with just the Olympics just behind us, I think about how, um, you know, how certain things are measured, that there are all these things the judges are looking for there that are very specific, very specific point relations. But if you take a bunch of guitarists, throw them together at a festival from completely different perspectives, um, 
I found that, yeah, people, some, sometimes we pretty much agree for different, completely different reasons on a few, but then you'll have those outliers. And, and one of the big dangers, one of the things that I don't like um, in the way that a lot of competitions are run is that you're rewarding the most neutral players. Right. Where it's the people who are like, uh, you know, especially if you're using a point system, if you're, you know, um, if everything's averaging out. And that's why I hate those point systems. I don't like that system. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that at the GFA. At the GFA, people vote for who their first place is first. Like, who's right. my, my top? Like, these are my top, top people. Here's in the final round, this is my first place. And so you right. vote until you get at least a, a majority on, on the first place, which is, you know, that means you feel strongly about it. Not someone who just sure. averaged out with the, the, you know, middle, everyone put them for third or second. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, so, points, yeah. so, so yeah. So I think in general competitions can have that effect. Also, from my experience, the biggest change that I've seen in the last probably 10 years is repertoire issues. And I feel like what happens is that people are playing the same old stuff over I have fatigue hearing when I've heard the same player actually play six competitions and playing the same repertoire for the last seven years or eight years. And oh. it's, it's, it's hard for me to listen to them fresh. I have to work. I have to dig really deep. I have to just right. kind of like really try to be neutral. I have to wow. try to, um, I also have learned to not worry about what their technique looks like because that's my bias. Like I like beautiful right. hands that, I mean, meaning right. hands that move beautifully, hands that yep. look relaxed. I work my butt off to, to, to make guitar playing easy um, for myself right. and for my students. And, and it's hard for me when I look and I see someone with a lot of tension, still playing well, it right. feels like they're not playing as well. So I've learned, I don't even touch <laughs> a lot of times. I've learned these things. About me. We all have these biases as, as judges. And I, I've really worked hard to try to, to understand why I feel the way, why I don't like something about someone. What is it though? What is it really that I don't right. like? Or I really just don't like that piece. Okay, well, that's not fair. It's not fair that I'm sick of the Hungarian fantasy. Okay, I, you know, I really am though. Or, you know, uh, some of the, you know, the Brower Sonata. I am, I'm honestly, right. I, I feel oh that it's like yeah. for me now. <laughs> and, and yet people will continue to play it. Um, and, and so the, like, I have learned strategies that I think have helped my students. Like if anyone's right. listening here who wants one, wants a good advice, <laughs> play, play something that people don't know as well, you know, play something, right. but, but something that with substance, not something that's just lots of arpeggios, blinky blinkies, lots of arpeggios, blinky blinkies. Because then it's hard <laughs> to know if you're a deep musician listening to that. Yeah. It's something that shows that you understand phrasing, you understand theory, that you understand, you know, how to build tension over a long period of time. Right. A lot of times people, they're flashy and they can trick people into thinking they're really good, but there's a lack of depth and understanding of the music, um, of the repertoire. I like, I like it when I hear someone play three movements of a piece and hear how they really are, are creating a whole picture over those three right. movements or four movements. Sure. Um, and not these standoff, little, this is for the audience, right. this is for the person, this is for the judge who really just likes Brazilian music. This is for the, and that's kind of what we're doing. But um, yeah, and then the hardest thing is just honestly the way, um, I've been treated pretty badly by by some competitors and I've been treated okay by others. Wow. But I had some rough times in the past and that hasn't happened as much recently. It happened more when I, I you know, people didn't know, if they don't know who I am, and I say that not in any kind of who I am. I'm this, but, um, but I, I, I am involved in the guitar world. I do right. a lot of Absolutely, people. you are. I've yeah. judged a number of competitions. Um, 
Um, sometimes it takes people realize, and I, I manage solo duo in the United States. I've been doing that for five years. And That's right. once they find yeah. that out, it's like suddenly they're nice to me. And but I, yeah, I get to see sometimes that they're like, you're valid. Yeah. They know that. And they just see some, I, the feeling that you get is this like, oh, this is, they had to have some woman on the, on the so this is some woman. And they assume that I'm not even, that I, that I don't play at a high level. They automatically assume, they wouldn't assume I have my doctorate because there's this feeling of just feeling like you're being treated as less. And I've, I've, been, I've been in that situation where people have come up and just asked the other two judges right, that are standing next to me for advice and looked at me and turned away and walked away. And that's happened to me. And it's, it's, it's like, wow, <laughs> I could have given you some advice. But then as things, you know, evolved as, as kind of my career got a little bit better, I think it did change. And then it became more like, why didn't you get me to the next round? And I'm like, well, this isn't a discussion. This isn't something I can explain, right. you know, in, in great detail. It's sometimes very complicated reasons. And, and so what I found is a lot of competitors will think like if I make a criticism, if I say, well, I felt like, you know, you had some rough spots here. Or this wasn't quite, you know, to my liking. They think that's the reason that you didn't advance them when it's, it's not, I, I right. they weren't it's more there. complex than that. Yeah. I had a whole complicated reason why, and it's hard to be pushed into putting that into perspective. And, but, you know, I think it is important to have reasons and to have, right. I want to be able to justify my decisions. I do want to be as transparent as possible. And I think, um, that's, you know, of course, a problem that you have with com com competitions. There's just too many factors sometimes. There's this person study with this person, that person's my buddy. There's right. a perception. Right. But um, I've really worked to try to be as fair as possible in, in all those situations. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a challenge. You, I mean, I don't. Do, I, do you think that that kind of thing is, is I mean, you mentioned it, and, and, um, and it's one of the things that I'm, I'm really interested in talking to folks about. But do you, do you think that that sort of thing? specifically happen because you are a woman yeah oh I mean, yeah that, absolutely yeah. i i do feel i feel like there's a very good chance of that and, and especially in yeah. some occasions you know maybe more so than other occasions um right. i do feel like that there is that unconscious bias that i'm that i'm there as the token woman and oh, no, and and it's it's an awful <laughs> yeah and and i feel like um that's it's it, it, sure it's changing but it's is it really yeah. changing it's hard to know and it's it's right. the thing is i'm i can only say that that's how i feel i guess i can't uh -huh. really know what's inside someone's head but i i know that it is a tough feeling to have and um, to know that you really have something to offer, that you really could help this person, you really have good advice, and that they, right. they just really don't want it. And, um, and then, and then there have been other people who've asked for my advice and that are very, you know, very aggressive about it, in fact. And you realize, like, wait a second, I wanted this, but this is exhausting. Like, I'm giving all these people all of this advice. And what if I If you'd like to pay that? for a lesson. <laughs> yeah. But um, certainly there are, there are definitely many moments in my career where um, I felt that being a woman has made thing has, there has been a bias there, an implicit bias. Yeah. Or, you know, um, being in, I've been in the final rounds for, for a number of jobs and there's that feeling that, um, oh, do people think that I'm there just as the, the, cause they wanted, they wanted to have a woman in the final, the final six right. or the final four. Right. Um, uh, but I've actually gotten one of those jobs. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing for me to get to, to deal with still. Um, right. I feel less that case now that I am in a comfortable position, meaning that I have a regular job 
I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in the way I see myself and the contributions that I offer as, um, as a musician to, to the community, to, you know, both local and, and beyond. Um, but yeah, there's that still that general feeling of surprise when people do hear me that haven't heard me and just go, oh, oh, wow, you know, they're surprised I can play well. And I'm like, I, uh, I don't know why you're so surprised. And, and I still feel like I, can, I have a long ways to go. I could always be better. I'm always craft, working on my craft and my, and my interpretations and to be a better musician. But, um, but I don't know if that's the same case for, for some of my male colleagues that would be in, an, in a similar situation. If there's the expectation maybe that they will be good and then maybe someone might be let down or something if they're not as good. Right. It could be the opposite. I, I, well, I just think it's, you know, from what I can tell and, and you know, I, 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 I don't share your experience. I'd say mine is mine is different, and and from, but from what what I can gather, talking to people, to me it seems like it's just this extra thing that you have to carry around all the time. And I think how exhausting that must be, right? I mean, that's 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 the way. That's my perspective of it. Is like, you know, if you if you want to talk about issues of privilege, I'm privileged because I don't have to carry that weight and. And it's and it's not you don't have a choice. It's not like you take that on willingly, you know, and and say, yo, I'll, I, I will do this, or and you can't put it down. You know, you don't have the choice of just, you know, what I'm not going to pick that up right now. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's always with you, yeah. and and again, I like you know, this the, the whole thing about Ginger Rogers doing everything that Fred Astaire did backwards and in heels, oh, right? You know, yes. it's like, you know, you. It's you shouldn't have to work so hard, you know. <laughs> you're doing great stuff, you know, and that should be enough, right? Um, yeah. And that's 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 from folks that I've talked to. That's that's the way that I I perceive it. That's what I'm hearing, um, you know. And, and it's it's interesting too because and and I, and I and I would say this about you as well, the resilience that 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 you have, and you know, it's it's not. I don't know whether I would say it's an acceptance or, but you know it's there and you deal with it and you just you keep going like it's, it's fine like you, you don't let it bring you down you know and, and i think that's that's really cool and i've, and I've heard that from a, from a number of people as well that they you know they're just like they they it's there they just, it's not going to stop me i'm doing what i'm doing that can just go away you know um, yeah it's, yeah it's, it's I mean, an interesting well, thing yeah because that's it for me it's not an option it's like um and, and I have the benefit, there are benefits to getting older too. There are many benefits <laughs> to getting older, but you know, a lot of it, when, when your career is starting, it's when you're most vulnerable in those kind of situations, right. when that can really affect your psyche or when you have a really prominent guitarist make advances or, um, you know, after, after complimenting you and saying how much you deserve and how far your career is going to go and then making advances, then what it does is it discounts every positive thing that's been said. It takes it away because you can't trust that it was there with any kind of honesty. Of course. So I, I know that a number of women uh, around my age, we went through a lot of that as, as young guitarists coming up through, I feel like with Me Too, it's gotten mm-hmm. changed where now some would be held accountable in a different way and they would not be as brazen to do some of the things that they did back in the early 2000s or um, mid 2000s, 2000, even up right. to 10, 15. Um, and I feel like, um, you know, that I, f- I feel a, 
in the past, I felt like I want to protect all my female students from those situations. Like I want to just be like, oh, and it's the most awkward thing when you have to explain, let's say to a high school kid's mom, like, um, I don't, okay, you're going to go to this festival, but I suggest that you sit in the room and, you know, with your daughter, because I know the reputation of that particular guitarist. What a horrendous thing. And in our field, we're so small in the guitar world. We're so, it's such a tiny little world. And, and it's it's broad in other ways. I mean, there's so many wonderful guitarists, as you said, like numerous guitarists whose names I can't, I don't even know uh, that I, if I saw their YouTube video, I'm like, how do I not know this person? Because they're awesome. Right. And just, I, I, every day. Oh that God, happens to me every day. Wonderful, brilliant musicians out there now. But but being wonderful and brilliant isn't the same as having power necessarily. Right. And, right. and and that's that has been changing, but there were there was a, a definitely a time where a lot of those guitarists wielded a lot of power. And I think it really made it really tough for a lot of uh, women musicians at that time. And and you still get, like a kid said um, to one of my friends, a uh, female guitarist, like, wow, you play loud for being a woman. Like that that, that would still exist, that, that there would be a perception that, um, and, and I remember way back, this was way back where the, people didn't realize that, um, that there wasn't a separate category for, for boys and girls or women and men at the competitions, like that we would be put in our step. I got that question. I'm like, no, no, we're all in the same. So, so, you know, I think it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. You get these little pockets of things that are more like the past. I, I do feel like it's, it's, it's definitely getting better. You're getting a lot more, um, well, a lot more people are speaking out about some of the, right. the injustices. I mean, there is um, certainly um, there are a number of, of festivals who who have traditionally um, only had male performers and right. um, time and time again. And um, and and I feel that now they're starting to feel that pressure. And part of the pressure is from not just women guitars, from the from the inside, from people who are part of the organization saying, come on, this isn't. You know, and, and when you don't have the chance to, to step up those ranks, when you haven't been given those opportunities, you know, it's, it's really hard to make that leap into, into that situation. Yeah. And, and so um, it ta- it's going to take time for, for, you know, I think it is taking time for things to change, but I do, I do have faith that things will change. I, I see a lot of my friends saying, how can I do the right thing? I want to be better at this. I want to take into account who, who do you know? Who are, who are some guitarists you know who I can suggest for this artist? You know, who's doing this? Sure. And, um, and then as more and more women get the chance to show what they can do and, and build up their own confidence, they're just going to play better and better too. And it's true. There are fewer women. There are fewer women playing the guitar at the professional level for a lot of reasons, I think. Um, so I don't expect it to be 50, 50 at every festival if they're right. technically fewer, but all I ask is that, you know, people just, you know, open their minds and let's, let's try. <laughs> give let's, it a try let's make the effort. see what happens. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I, I, I don't, there, how could it be anything but good? You know, and I, I, I think, I think that way in a lot of those issues with, you know, if you're talking about inclusion or however you want to describe it, it's like, how, how could this be anything but an asset? You know, like. Well, okay, I'll tell you, you I agree. And that's a really wonderful way to look at it. I because I have to totally have the same philosophy. But the fact is that festivals, um, concerts are seen as currency in our field. 
you know? Yeah, true. And so basically what happens is if already, if, 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 if a woman player doesn't have a position of at a university or for recruiting and they have a buddy who does, and they're going to exchange students, I'm going to give my undergrad to your right. graduate program. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it becomes, everyone knows about concert trading. I understand. And some people yeah. feel very strongly that it's just, it's a, a form of trade yeah. and it's the way it works and there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like it is, it continues, it perpetuates a problem that's been existing. It perpetuates this, again, this. It's, 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 yeah. it's weird. Yes. It's very weird. Yes. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's not allowing, if we really care about our, our communities, really hearing great guitarists and seeing diversity and encouraging um, yeah. musicians of all shapes and sizes and genders to, to, um, to play then it's, it's a responsibility to offer uh, more variety and more opportunity um, for those things to happen. So in more opportunity to the young artists who are doing that, or not just the young artists, right. <laughs> and hey, the older artists do. as well. You know, I mean, if, 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 if somebody is not used to seeing somebody that looks like them doing what they think they want to do with their lives, you know, or, that then you know if as I'm sure that you as as a young person you experienced that like every guitar concert you went to was they all, they all looked the same and they didn't look like you, you know? <laughs> well yeah and, and well here's a funny story um when I was considering becoming a guitarist it ended up the Antigone Goni was going to do a performance oh. at at Crane and so I was like I'm probably going to do this okay and so um, my, my first concert was while I was student teaching, I, I saw Julian Bream was my first classical guitar concert of all time. And my second classical guitar concert of all time was Antigone Goni. And I saw her. There you go. I absolutely remember the moment when she just walked on stage and the clicking of her feet. And she was wearing this beautiful flowing like uh, green outfit, this jumpsuit. And she walked in and she just played with such power and conviction. I went, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I, I, right. I, something clicked. It wasn't just, I'm going to try this maybe and see if I can just mm-hmm. become good for myself. I'll just play for myself in the corner of my room. It was, no, I want to walk on that stage. I want to know what it feels like to, to, to be yeah. able to make my guitar do what she made her guitar do. And she was so encouraging and so supportive of me as well. And that just made me so wonder if I hadn't seen that. Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, it, that power, the power of that, of seeing, yes, yeah, someone who looks like yep. you. Do it. It's it can't be underestimated. I I wouldn't have guessed. And, that we, and we have and we have no way of knowing how many stories are like that, yes. right? Yeah. You know, how how many other people were in the audience that might have had a similar or any audience that she played in or any you know I mean you just those are the ripples, right? We we don't know the impact that those things have, and I think it's really really important that, that we allow them to happen. Exactly. And then when you get like we do through Guitar New Mexico, we do a lot of outreach, and we've had a lot of women guitarists come through and play in the schools. And you get to the point where kids don't even blink an eye, whether it's they don't think, "What? Wow, this is special. We're seeing a girl play." They don't even. Think, of course. Of course. You're that's what we that want. happening at the ground level. There's no, there's oh, no association fantastic. of gender with the instrument or of high level playing. So yeah. we're, we are going in the right direction. It's just that exposure and that kind of, yeah. you know, that's, that's what's needed more and more and more. It's a responsibility. Yeah. That's it. That, 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 that gives me great hope to hear that. That's, that's fantastic. I love that. Awesome. <laughs> so something I do want to talk to you about because when you played in Columbus many years ago, oh. it was it, probably 10 years ago now. I, I don't, 
it, it, again, it's one of these things like, like the passage of time. It's like, I was thinking, oh yeah, she was here a couple years ago. No, that was, that was, <laughs> that was a, a long time ago. <laughs> um, but you did the, you did the Platerio, yeah. um, and it, it was wonderful. It was easily one of the most enjoyable concert experiences involving the classical guitar that I've, that I've had. And, and I, I want to talk about that because I want to talk about how you, how you came to doing that. Like, it's so unusual and so cool and such great music and your presentation was so fantastic. And so I, I we have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm I, so, I remember, you know, I've, I've very vivid memories of Matanya being in the audience yes. and being terrified because he, <laughs> He, he's notorious, of course, for, for being very vocal and critical. And at some point, he put his program over his head like a hat. And I just was in so much trouble focusing because I kept thinking he's going to write something terrible about me on Facebook. And... Uh, Oh my gosh. And he was lovely after the concert, of course. He was lovely and um but but I remember oh, feeling like that was a rough that was a tough concert for me. That particular concert I remember feeling very like vulnerable and very I don't know, it was a it was a tough one. But but yeah, I, I've been doing this Platero Yo project uh, my, by Mario Casanova Tedesco, um yeah. in the role of narrator, Spanish narrator and guitarist. Um since my my graduate since my dma and okay. um, what happened was i you know i have the spanish degree i love spanish um and i decided to do some of these chapters um i got a position back at crane at, at suny potsdam i taught at the crane school of music for five years after when i was just finishing up my doctorate i'd gotten that position when uh, okay. doug rubio had moved to an administrative role so, so basically, I'm, I'm teaching full-time, I'm studying my butt off for all of my exams, and I'm practicing this music for one of the final recitals. And, um, but I had a narrator lined up, and this was a narrator out of Potsdam. The problem was I had no money. I was so poor. <laughs> I, I, I just, I was not making enough money at the time with that first, that first year in that position. I had spent all my money moving across the country, relocating. Right. Um, and I realized like when it was getting down to it, I had like five months to go, but I wasn't going to be able to afford to pay for the, the airfare for my narrator and pay for a hotel. I just, I just didn't have the money. And I, I, so I, I, I had that moment where I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I like Spanish. I love poetry. I wonder if it's possible. And I remember I ran it by a few friends and they said, yeah, right. No, you're not going to do it. No, it's impossible. It's, it's impossible. It's, it's crazy. And they, a lot of my, my friends are used to me having lots. It, it is kind of crazy. It is, I mean, it I, is. Was, I, was, I was amazed. I think one of the things that I asked you that night was like, you, there have to be times when you slow practice, like I am saying this word as I'm moving this way. Yes. And, uh, you know, like you couldn't do it otherwise. It's, yes, it's, you're absolutely and, and right. To I, be able to split your brain like that. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a splitting of the brain. It's a bouncing back and forth between, you know, different parts, different, like they're different. I'm the, the, the I'm two people. I'm the guitarist yeah. and I'm the narrator. I know that I'm both. I have a concept of both together. But I really feel like I'm moving from one to the other when I need to, and uh, right. so yeah, there was a lot of slow practice. So so yeah, that's what I did. I did slow practice. I I memorized the poems. I would walk to them. I'd walk hearing them. I'd practice audiating the music yeah. while I spoke the poems. I'd practice um, I'd practice playing and hearing the poems in my head before I started speaking them. 
So I thought if Did I you had ever that work moment, with recording, like playing playing the guitar part and recording that nope, and then doing the I never did that. with it? No. I never oh, did that. Okay. I, I think yeah. I wanted it, them to be integrated in a deeper way yeah. somehow. That, it might have been okay. useful. Um, but this, I, and I just, yeah, I practiced my butt off and I did do slow work. I did, it's strange to speak slowly. You want to speak even lower, like, blood. But, uh, but yeah, and, and the other thing is I'm not, I'm not a native speaker and, and Spanish actually came to Spanishly. I studied French first and I, I got into Spanish my last few years of high school, but loved it. And so when I decided to become a Spanish major, I've, I was really behind in a lot of ways, but I love languages. I love accents. I, I still don't, don't feel like I have it perfect, but I, I try to emulate a, a Castilian accent and um, it's not always perfect, but you know, Spanish speakers are usually very, very happy with it. They understand every word. So I'm happy to do that. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a special project and it's just beautiful. It's about, I mean, it's about a sweet donkey. It's about friendship. Yeah. It's about death. It's about love. It's about nature. Um, it's, and the music, I mean, oh my gosh, I think, Mario Castellano Tedesco is a genius. And I, yeah. I mean, I know we throw away, we throw around the word genius all the time. Okay, <laughs> I don't know, maybe he wasn't a genius, but I'd say that the way he crafts, it's 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 pretty straightforward. He he wrote each of these movements, these chapters in one day. And oh um, yeah, I have the manuscript um, and uh, I have a copy of the manuscript and you can see each day and, and on the weekends, he would take the weekends off and then he'd start again and he'd have one chapter per day. It was amazing. And um, so, and there, some of them are cute, some of them are deeper, some of them work really well on their own, as many have been recorded just as solo pieces. Some, I, I feel right. like they only work with the, um, with the speaking. But yeah, it's, uh, it's near and dear to my heart, and I yeah. never thought I'd love it this much. And the other thing is, I'll admit this, I've dealt with a lot of performance anxiety, a lot of just nerves, issues with nerves, um, playing and shaking um, on and off in my career. And that project takes so much energy that there's no room for me to have any negative. I'm, I'm speaking in another language, I'm acting, I I'm playing. It. And so there's no room. And so it's this, so it's actually, I'm more anxious when I play a solo than when I'm speaking. It's actually easier for me as, as hard as it is to balance everything, as much energy as it takes, it's actually huh. for me. So I found that it's been a way that I can deal with my performance anxiety. Yeah. That's an interesting thing right there. Yeah, that you know, one of the things that, that, that John Holmquist always used to say is that, you know, if, if, you, if you're sinking all of your energy into the music, you don't have anything left to worry. You know, like the, the, the fear, you, just, you don't have any, any energy for that. You just, you're completely absorbed in what you're doing. I, I, I'm gonna start reciting poetry while I play. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's useful. I think it has its yeah. uses. And for me, it comes down to automation. I mean, basically sure. we are, we're doing all kinds of things at the same time with our hands, yeah. right? As guitarists, it's an incredibly challenging instrument. And, um, and in this case, you know, to me, speaking is like music. It is, it is a part of it. It's musical, especially speaking in Spanish. So I feel yeah. like it's, it's, yeah, it definitely is a challenge, but, uh, but I love it. And, and I thought about just letting it go. Like, I don't want to be like, that's the only thing I, I do other stuff. I love other stuff. I'm playing like a whole, I'm adding, working on some great rep right now, but it's like, I can't let it completely go. I've always want to come back to it. And I've added more chapters. I've changed chapters up for different performances. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I, I would like to, um, you know, but the thing is now it's been so long, I could go back to places 
could probably have completely different audiences and play the same stuff if I wanted to. Some of them are really just great. I, I would never rotate them out. And have, have you, has it been in constant rotation since, since you did it for your, your doctorate? Yes. I have never, I've never not oh played gosh. it. I've never not played yeah. at least three chapters in a concert. And, uh, and usually, usually it's, it's, it takes up, uh, you know, two chunks in the first half and a second half. I think it's yeah. a lot for an audience to listen. It's, a, it's intense. You know, I do the, the narration also in English. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I don't, I, I, I don't remember how much of it you did here, but my memory is telling me that you, you did a lot of it. And yeah, I, I did. It, I think I did about six know. chapters, probably. I, I probably yeah. opened with solo stuff and then went until intermission with the yeah. Platerio and then played Platerio after intermission is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, it, I didn't find it in any way like overbearing. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm was, glad. You know, it's, it's a, you know, that, that whole thing about, you know, leaving and wanting more. It was, yeah, it, it just, I don't, I, I, well, I, I, I didn't think it was much at all, you know. I, what I love about it is it's so emotional. Um, yeah. it, it gets me to, to tear up, you know, like you have a dog as I heard your dog barking. It's like when you have animals <laughs> and, and yeah. I've dealt with a loss of animals after 20 years, you know, I had a cat that lived to 20 mm. or 18 and one that just recently lived to almost 20. And so every time I start talking about the friendship and the, I, I get teared up, I tear up and, um, and I can hear the audience react too. If they're paying attention, yeah. which oh, you know, most yeah. people are, you hear them to, oh, and you hear the, the sniffling. And I just love that. I love making people cry. And, and, and I think that's what we need. I feel like how many concerts do we go to? You know, people doing a really good job, very capable, very impressive, where you just don't feel moved. You can be impressed, mm -hmm. but there's a difference between being impressed and, and being moved. And it's nice when right. you can be impressed and moved. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, this poetry is moving, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's just gorgeous. And, um, and the music is, is beautiful too. So yeah, I feel so lucky that I fell into this just from, it's, it, from not having it, enough I, money. And, and, I, and, I, and I love that it was like this accident, you know, <laughs> like it was, it was, it was in no way like you didn't, it was, it wasn't contrived. Not at all. Make, Not at know, all. This is, this is going to, I'm going to make my mark with this. You know, nobody's doing this. I'm going to do this. You're like, you would just, I want to do this. Oh, I can't afford to fly the guy across the country. So like, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's yeah. two things. Number one, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you were, it, we can do more things than we realize. I feel like it's right. so easy to create limitations you know, and I, and we do that for ourselves upon ourselves. Yeah. I'm, I've gotten into running recently and, um, and I've, I've been introduced into this ultra running world. And uh, right. I was, I was going to say, you, you, you mentioned that so casually, I've gotten into running recently and I think you're like doing like crazy ultra marathons. That's, that's not, no, I'm, that's not I'm, casual. I'm not doing <laughs> ultra marathons yet. Um, but my, my partner is, and my partner's doing these, these, um, he's got on Saturday, a 62 mile ultra trail race. And How does anybody do that? I, it, well, that's the thing. It's like it's like you just have to accept that it's possible. And right. so many things we just don't. Nope, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to play this repertoire. I'm supposed to do you know X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah. And and sure. and I have to say, I've even been like that with my students. Well, it's important that you sure in your education, it's important to learn things. Right. But when you really gravitate towards certain things, ask yeah, yourself, what it. else can I do? Why can't I try this? Why not? Yeah. You know, like like look at um. Uh, Zoran, Zoran Dukic doing um, 
switching the box, slow box with the piazzola, you know, and not right. allowing anyone to clap. And I know that there are people like, how can you do that to my audience? They're going to want to clap. This is a general audience. And, and what? That's so unacademic. But it's a beautiful experience. It creates an experience. It creates, mm -hmm. you know, he thought, just do it differently. And, and, yeah. and so I feel like we, we really are victims sometimes of just what's been done before. And, 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 and we think that we, we, that we can't do anything more or can't change things up. There are so many possibilities to mix things up. I just feel like, you know, there's a lack of imagination sometimes with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it, I, did, I did a series of concerts with a singer and it was such a, the, the, the concepts, the ideas were very simple, but the, the like you said, the, that it was something different, that it was something that nobody necessarily had done before. Um, and it, it, it was programs, he didn't do a printed program, he was mixing languages in, in song sets, um, you know, unheard of things, right? And we had actually, we would gotten to a point where we were actually talking about like doing costuming and lighting and, and also this kind of stuff. And, you know, having a guitar and a piano play at the same time on stage for accompaniment and, you know, walking, like actually moving yes. across the stage during a, a classical recital. Like, who does that? And, you know, and all these just kind of really simple ideas, but but putting them together into a presentation. Awesome. It was all his brainchild. I just showed up and played guitar. Um, but it was, it, it, and, it, and it, it struck me as... You know, these are things that people in the in the pop music world and and, and you know rock and roll have been you know they've been doing this for for decades <laughs> and and you know but here it is applied to this setting it's it's this revolutionary thing and people responded to it so positively it was I mean easily like as far as classical music goes easily the like the the best audience responses I've ever experienced yeah. in any project, you know, and it was just because, Hey, let's take this and turn it on its head a little bit. And it, and it wasn't at the same time, it wasn't, it wasn't cheesy or mm -hmm. lacking in any substance at all. Mm -hmm. It was just a different way of approaching the, the thing. And wow, what, and, and I know that, you know, for example, how many guitar concerts have I seen? I probably can count on one hand the ones that I really remember. And again, your your presentation oh, here was, you know, that was, it, it, wow, this, yeah, that, that was really special. That was fantastic. Um, you know, and so I think you know that goes to goes to that point. But it's just the yeah, that idea of well, why can't I? Exactly. Why can't I? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought about I thought about adding um, poetry to other pieces. I'm like, why not? Yeah. I can read poetry. There are pieces that this could really work. And I remember, yeah, someone told me like, yeah, but that poetry wasn't written at that time. And I'm like, who cares? It speaks to me. I think it matches really well. I, I'm going to yeah. put Neruda with Santiago de Murcia. Why not? Yeah. And I did it. Why I put not? Neruda with the Santiago de Murcia. Oh, and it was like, fantastic. this is cool. And it, it, it lined up really well. And again, it didn't calm my nerves because I was busy speaking in Spanish while I was playing. And, um, and it created a whole other level of, of interest and engagement in the audience. And yeah. uh yeah, that's that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. No, and that's that's an awesome. Like, thing. I'm all yeah. for. I understand. Like certain things, I will sit to my students. Like this is sacrosanct. There are things that you do want to respect. You don't like. I don't want them. You know, it, it is tough. Sometimes you you can cross lines. Like you were saying, like you don't want to do something that's going to be just just gimmicky. And and there are folks 
their version of gimmicky or my version of gimmicky might be different than theirs. Maybe that's it. Maybe they think that that's substance. There are things, you know, but, but the bottom line is there'll always be people who can criticize. There'll always be people that will put their nose up at something. And, and I think the important thing is to find something that that's meaningful to you and not fake it. You know, like this is beautiful to me and I care about this and I'm going to craft it and I'm going to work my butt off to make it as beautiful as possible. And then I'm going to share it. And, you know, who can ask for more than that? I mean, it's uh, the concert presenter is going to be super happy. The audience is going to be happy. And of course, the the musician is going to be happy if they can find that. And and I don't think that that a typical recital program is going to be the perfect fit for for every artist or every audience. And um, where these kind of things thinking a little bit wider, um, Mm -hmm. you know, really could could, could be that perfect yeah. thing and can rejuvenate our audiences, you know, and uh, get more people coming out to our concerts once we're allowed sure. to have more people coming out to the that. concerts. <laughs> love that, yeah. And, it, and the, idea, the idea too, then this is something that, um, you know, I, 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 before the pandemic, I was thinking a lot more about it and, and, and you know, uh, trying to, to pursue things. But uh, it, part of that too is I think taking taking the music out of the the typical concert going in environment mm-hmm. you know because um, what what I hear a lot of people say is it, what, what, what I, I guess what I don't hear a lot of people say it but what, what I don't hear a lot of people say is I don't like classical music I, I you know and I, I've I don't think I've ever had an experience where I've exposed somebody to classical music and they say oh that's awful I don't <laughs> like it you know? and, and and with the guitar too you know I mean I think the typical response is when somebody first hears a classical guitar is they say, wow, I didn't know a guitar could sound like that or that's such a beautiful sound. You, you don't ever, I don't, I've never heard anybody say, oh, I just don't like that, right? So, so the problem's not the music, the problem's not, you know, the, the, the material, but maybe the problem is the environment that we've created around the material and, and the atmosphere that frankly it's elitist Mm -hmm. oh absolutely yeah and it's off-putting to a lot of people that that feel intimidated by it and i love this idea of let's let's take the music to people you know let's let's take if they don't want to come to the concert hall fine let's take the music to them you know and it requires some flexibility and it requires you know a different way of looking at things but you know again why can't we do that you know and 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 I, i i think that's you know that's that's part of the same conversation hopefully you know I agree 100%. And uh, when I taught music appreciation at the uh, at a community college in Albuquerque, one of my favorite things to do is to say, let's just get it out there. What do you what comes to mind when you think of classical music? And yeah. I just start writing things on the board like dead white guys, boring, <laughs> elevator music, luxury cars, diamonds. And, luxury cars. And, and this idea, you know, and, and I try to explain to them, like, I get why these stereotypes are out sure. there. And I, it's just poor, it's poor marketing. It's this idea like, oh, this is indeed, you have to pay a lot of money yeah. to be able to, but it, this, a lot of the music we play was the music of the people. It was the music of the people. It wasn't elite, you know, at all. Yeah. And, um, and you're right. It becomes these kind of, you get cultural bubbles. People get used to like, like, 
you know, you, you teach a lot of adult students. And so, you know, like some of them do certain things and they have their little bubble of people that do, there's these neat, like the Venn diagrams, mm -hmm. how the lives overlap, right. right? And so you get someone who's knitting and they know about all these knitting conferences and you get the, yeah, the trail runners who know about all this stuff and then the BMX <laughs> bikers and, you know, and, and when you're in that world, when somehow you get introduced in some way and then you get brought into it. And, um, and, and the people who we have very few people that have been brought into the classical guitar world. And when they do, they get really excited about it. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, yeah, they're, they, they love it. Um, but just getting the word out or letting them know what it is, is yeah, it's, it's something that I think we need to do a better job of and, uh, get out there, share it, let people know. Totally. Absolutely. Fantastic. So I, we've been going for, uh, about an hour and a half here. Um, and I, I, uh, I think I think we can wrap it up if if, if you'd like to. Absolutely, I don't want to take any more it's your, been your time. Yeah. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you giving me your time, and it was it was wonderful to talk to you today. I like just awesome. I feel I'm 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 full. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm full. I'm I feel full of hope and and just warm. And I really appreciate. That. Awesome. That's, that's that's awesome. So, do you have anything? Um, Anything that we that we the people should know about that you're into or that you're doing that you got coming up or any any projects at hand or anything that you you want us to all know about before uh, <laughs> before we close up here? No, I actually don't, and that this is this is new for me. <laughs> so I've been, <laughs> I, I I I usually have a lot of things that are cooking. I think I've I've been fo focused a lot more on coming up with collaborative opportunities for my students. You know, do, doing a lot of. Uh, collaboration with um with colleagues on you know performance classes and things like that um so nothing nothing specific uh, thank you so much for your time lana i really really appreciate it it was really wonderful to talk to you again um and i hope we can have you back sometime so <laughs> that would be awesome that would be awesome it's been such a pleasure to talk talk with you as well i mean it's just fun to talk with colleagues about you know all of these these interesting topics i mean it's been so painful to not be able to be at festivals and meeting with people and talking about um you know about these things i think it's an important part of, of what we do share exchange of information so it's so great that you're doing it through this podcast and sharing information in that way you know, I'm thinking about all the times after concerts, hanging out, having a meal or drinks or that, that kind of thing. And, you know, how much I've learned over the years doing that kind of thing. Um, and and that, that's that's what I wanted to capture here. And, and you know, the, uh, the, the one of these pandemic silver linings, given given the opportunity to, to do it. It's been great. Absolutely. So, well, it's a fantastic, you're doing a service. I mean, you're, you're sharing voices of people, you know, it's, and you're so, you're so, you know, relaxed. I probably said things I shouldn't have. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Done. Oh, no. My mission here is, oh, no. is complete. <laughs> but I think it is important for all of us to, to reflect on where we're going and, and how we can make things better and how we can help our students uh, better and how we can, you know, reach people and, and share this thing that we all love so much. Yeah. Well, thank awesome. you so much. I think, I think, I think we can leave it there. And uh, <laughs> best wishes to you, and uh, I look forward to having you back on sometime. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Bob. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lynn. Bye-bye. This is Carl Wolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.